0: all right happy new year everyone this is chris penrose with the usc basketball podcast on the believe podcast network lot to talk about with regards to usc basketball a uh, lot happening at the end of the year uh, we have some good news and trojans got a good win against a, a decent uc davis team that uh Probably should have beaten Arizona Arizona, Arizona. he handled them pretty well in the second half, came out with an 18-point win. Uh, bad news, Jordan Usher was suspended indefinitely. Uh, that news broke right before the UC Davis game, a couple hours before tip. And uh, the next day, apparently, he has requested a transfer, and he will be leaving the program. So, uh, you know, Coach Enfield and the coaching staff usually keeps – these kind of things, uh, pretty close to the vest. Probably won't hear a whole lot of information. They'll probably share what they want to share with the media over the next couple of days. But for a team that is already struggling with depth, uh, that doesn't help. Last night against UC Davis, they played eight guys, um, with the majority, uh, you know, the starting five playing the majority of the minutes. So. They need to get Kevin Porter Jr. back. Again, he sat out another game. Charles O'Bannon Jr. also sat out. Uh, those two guys need to come back healthy and ready to go for the Pac-12 season. So it's uh, it's a little crazy with USC. Uh, Pac-12 conference starts uh, this week. Cal is on Thursday. Stanford's on Sunday. So we're going to talk a little bit uh, about those two games. We're going to recap UC Davis and then talk a little bit about the state of the Pac-12. Uh, the non-conference season was not a good one for the conference. Uh, this is, you know, the worst I've seen this conference in uh, in all of my time of of watching Pac-12 basketball uh, for the last you know 32 years or so. So uh, let's start with the UC Davis game. This one definitely made me a little bit nervous seeing. Although UC Davis had a record of 3-9 and nine going into the game, they played some teams really tough. And if anyone watched that uh, UC Davis-Arizona game in Tucson, UC Davis should have won. And they're the type of team that you know, they could be down 10, 11, 12 points, and all of a sudden you look up over the next two minutes and they're only down three or four. So they stick around. They play hard. They're well coached. Uh, T.J. Shorts, who's their kind of heart and soul starting point guard on the team, uh, he can do it all. He's he's a little guy, but it's amazing how tough he is around the rim and how he takes the ball to the hole. Uh, he ended with 14 points. I actually thought SC did a pretty good job containing him. And then Siler Schneider, uh, he's another guard. He is known as a three-point shooter. SC held him to one of five from the three-point line. He ended up with 13 points though. And then the rest of the team was was average at best. It took SC to get into the game a little bit. Uh, the first half was very frustrating to watch. Uh, I would say that it didn't look like they were playing very hard. They kind of came out thinking that they would roll over the team, it felt like. And... It was a back-and-forth game in that first half. SC went on an 11-2 to two run to end the, the first half and was up two points at halftime. And the second half was back-and-forth until about the 12-minute mark when Elijah Weaver, in my opinion, really changed the perception of the game. I thought he played his best all-around game all year against UC Davis. Shot the ball really well. When he's in there, he pushes the ball up the floor. I love it when that happens. In the first half, Essie was a little complacent on offense. They were walking the ball up, and they weren't even getting into their offensive set until you know, 16, 17 seconds left on the shot clock. In the second half, a much better job of getting the defensive rebound, pushing the ball up the floor, and they're automatically in their offense with at least 24, 25 seconds left on the shot clock. I feel like when they're able to start their offense earlier and they have more time to move the ball around they're much more efficient offensively I thought Derek Thornton played really well uh, had six assists to only two turnovers I thought the ball movement in the second half was a lot better I thought Benny hit some big shots especially towards the end of the game when they started to pull away Nick Rakosevich I thought played okay he got another technical foul. I think he just needs to stop chirping. He he talks to the other team. He talks to the officials. He needs he needs to just stop. Uh, we're very lucky that technical foul didn't really change the perception of the game. Uh, Schneider actually missed the two technical free throws. But he, he's got to stop that stuff. He's got to stop it, especially in Pac-12 game. A technical foul can completely shift the momentum, so he needs to chill out. I thought Shaquan Aaron uh, struggled in the beginning. I thought he played a little bit better in the second half. I liked what I saw from Victor and Jaron. They came in, although played sparingly, I thought they gave good effort uh, and played hard, but I really want to talk about Elijah Weaver, five of six from the field, two of three from the three hit some big, big three point shots. When SC started to pull away, uh, had a couple assists ended with 13 points. Really, really happy with what I saw. That's the kind of game you want him to have going in to the Pac-12 conference season opener on Thursday. Very, very happy about that. A couple things that make me a little nervous about this game. First and foremost, the lack of depth. Uh, Going into the conference opener, I wish that we could be able to go eight or nine guys deep. At the beginning of the year, I thought we would be able to. Right now, uh, especially with Kevin Porter and uh, Chuck O'Bannon still out, I think we're only going to be able to play seven to eight guys. And that that makes me a little nervous for fresh legs and late-game situations. Um, also, free throw shooting. I don't know what's going on, but but they got to shoot better from the free throw line. 50%, 5 of 10, it's just not going to get it done. And in the first half, they were 3 of 7. Luckily, they ended the game 2 of 3. It's not a whole lot of free throws. Against a smaller team like that, I would think that the game plan would really be to get the ball inside to Rakosevich or Benny Boatwright and try to get to the free throw line. I understand UC Davis started doubling the post, but SC was so much bigger than them, I thought they would try to take advantage of of, uh, the post presence a little bit more. But anyway, free throws, lack of depth. Those are my two big concerns going into uh, Pac-12 play. So let's talk about the Pac-12, and then we'll get into to Cal and Stanford. So Pac-12 is not doing very well. <laughs> it's, it's pretty well known. Uh, the media is talking about it. Of the Power Five conferences, the Pac-12 is by far uh, at the bottom. And it's a little frustrating because of the prestige the conference has had for the last 25-30 years, especially basketball wise, it it's struggling. You just look down the line, Cal's entering conference play at five and seven with losses to Fresno State, Seattle, University of San Francisco, Stanford seven and five. They got blown out by North Carolina, lost to Florida, lost to Wisconsin, both good teams, but but lost badly. ASU is one of the one of the best teams in the conference. They were ranked uh, for a few weeks in the top twenty five. Uh, they played Nevada tough but lost. Uh, they lost an the undermanned Vanderbilt team that SC uh, should have beaten, but they have a big win against Kansas at home, and then a few days later lose to Princeton at home. So, don't know what kind of a team ASU is. UCLA seven and six just fired Steve Alford. Uh, they got blown out by North Carolina, blown out by Michigan State, and they have two really bad losses at home against Liberty and Belmont. Utah, 6-6. Six six. They got blown out by BYU, uh, lost to Minnesota, and lost to Hawaii. Oregon State's 8-4. and four, uh, Bad losses to Kent State, Texas A&M, St. Louis, and Missouri. I think Washington's going to be one of the better teams in the league. Uh, they lost to Gonzaga, but played them really, really tight. They lost 81-79. to 79. Uh, but they also lost to Minnesota, uh, which isn't a very good team in my opinion. They were supposed to be good this year, not that good. Um, but they did play Virginia Tech pretty tough. Uh, and I think VTech was ranked number 10 in the country at the time. Oregon was supposed to be one of the one of the top teams in the country out of the Pac-12. They're entering conference play 9-4. and four. Uh, Bad loss to a bad Baylor team. Lost to Texas Southern uh, at home. Washington State, 7-6. and six. They lost to New Mexico State, Montana State, San Diego, Santa Clara. You know, Arizona is always going to be pretty good, but they've lost all their marquee games against Gonzaga, Auburn, Alabama. Bad loss to Baylor. They're 9-4 and four going into conference play. And Colorado is 9-3 and three with losses to Indiana State, uh, University of San Diego, and Hawaii. So you just you look at the records coming into – conference play the only big win any of these teams has is asu's win against kansas everyone else has really really struggled across the board so what's going to be interesting the conference is going to be wide open whoever wins the pac-12 tournament obviously is in other than that maybe the pac-12 gets one to two teams at at large bids maybe maybe I don't know. Some teams are going to have to make some noise in the conference um, and show the selection committee that that they're deserving. Because from what I've seen this season, uh, Pac-12 has has really struggled. The news about Steve Alford at UCLA uh, that broke this morning, uh, pretty interesting. I think I think we kind of saw that one coming. Um, there have been rumblings of about steve alford for the last couple years i'd say after uh, alonzo ball left and they couldn't get it they couldn't get to the final four with with all those all those guys on that team it was a very good team so we'll see what happens there fred hoiberg's obviously a name that a lot of people are throwing around uh i feel like all the media outlets are reporting he's the guy they're going to go after but we'll see what happens over in westwood uh, with that, uh, USC opens this Thursday with Cal to start the Pac-12 conference play. Cal is discussed 5 and 7 and they really struggled this year. They opened up the season against Yale, lost 76 to 59. They've had they have some pretty bad losses. They lost to St. John's at home, a game they should have won. They lost to Temple. Um, let's see. They lost to St. Mary's, at St. Mary's, lost to San Francisco. Uh, they beat San Diego State Which is a pretty decent win uh, They beat Santa Clara at home Santa Clara has shown that they uh, can definitely play with the big dogs if They beat USC And then they lost to Fresno State At Fresno State Almost lost to San Jose State And then lost to Seattle at home So this is a very winnable game for the Trojans I would expect them to handle Cal uh, But we'll have to wait and see Paris Austin is Cal's leading scorer. This is his first year with the Bears. Uh, He had transferred from Boise State over the Mountain West Conference. Uh, Played a lot for Boise State. A very good Boise State team. Uh, He is currently averaging about 14 points for the Bears. Uh, Jonah Matthews is probably going to start out on him. Uh, He's the guy that kind of makes Cal tick. If they shut him down, they shouldn't have a very big issue uh, controlling the momentum of the game. Uh, and then the only other guy that I think is really going to give SE some trouble or could is Justice Suing. He's been there for a couple years. He's averaging 13 and a half points, uh, about six rebounds. It's a guy that Benny's probably going to square up with most of the time. He can shoot the three a little bit, can take the ball inside. Much improved from last year. I think those two guys are the guys that sc's really going to have to focus on. That's where the majority of their scoring and uh, and tempo comes from. And then uh, SC will face off against Stanford on Sunday night. I think this is a great opportunity for SC to open up conference play 2-0. Both teams are down a little bit this year. And hopefully SC will get uh, healthy. Kevin Porter Jr. uh, needs to get back into this lineup if this team wants any shot at making some noise within the conference. So let's get the Galen Center rocking on Thursday night, 7 o'clock p.m. against Cal I will see you there. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe. Uh, We're available on all your favorite directories iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can find us at believe.com and at believe underscore LA. Uh, Any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, C Penrose10 on Twitter and C Penrose10 on Instagram. Uh, That's it fight on and let's hope for uh, a 2 and 0 record to start conference play